Hello and welcome to Princess in the Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Sawyers, and I'm ready to talk Disney movies past and present. Once upon a time, Hannah, Kevin, Katie, and Ryan sat down to talk about Loki. Season 1. How awesome is that, guys? Good throw-in. So this show is the third Marvel series to release on Disney+. Plus. Marvel Studios' Loki features the god of mischief as he steps out of his brother's shadow in a new Disney Plus series that takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Tom Hiddleston returns as the title character, joined by Owen Wilson. So we're going to do like we've done with our other Disney Plus series recaps. Our lovely Marvel gang is going to recap each episode, and if we have anything to say, Wait, we'll that's what we're doing? that out. What? I thought we were just talking about alligator Loki the whole time. Croaky! That's, uh, that's all I prepared for. Ryan? I like uh, how y'all just skipped right ahead to episode, like, five. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Four. What do you mean skipped? <laughs> all we were talking about is Crookie. Yeah. Y'all, I hate editing and you're making potential spoilers. Leave in the podcast. <laughs> just leave it. There's your editing. You're done. So, Katie, you're kicking it off with episode one. All right, friends. Episode one, glorious purpose. Poor Loki, just burdened with glorious purpose. The god of mischief. He finds himself out of reality and time, for that matter. So we get a brief recap of Loki's escape from Endgame, which we're all familiar with. And we see him dropped into a strange desert land with people that, of course, don't speak the same language. So not long after he's there, these mysterious people appear in these uniforms that are pretty scary. And they take him under arrest. And we soon find out that he has been arrested by the TVA, which stands for the Time Vance Authority. And he's being charged because when he took the Tesseract out of the New York hotel lobby, that created a new timeline and the TVA has a problem with that. So the TVA agents transport him back to headquarters and there we see a people and an organization that seems to be like frozen in this retro era. Nothing looks new. No MacBooks or iPhones anywhere, folks. So Loki being very angry and confused just keeps yelling and shouting how he's not supposed to be here and he's just being treated like a common criminal. It's quite sad. So he gets stripped, but in these disgusting uniforms, accused, and even has to walk through the little lines that you have to walk through, you know, apparently before you go to your death. So it's a 10 out of 10 moment. Uh, Shortly after he spends about 25 minutes of the episodes walking through the lines, uh, we meet Miss Minutes, who is this little... um, you know like miniature clock she just kind of appears out of nowhere i don't really know if she's a hologram not quite sure but she gives us an entire recap of the tva while she gives loki and we just get to watch obviously and so this is right before he faces judge renslayer and so after miss minutes gives her recap loki is thrown right into the midst of it and faces the judge um And as she is just literally about to, like, put Loki on the chopping block, we see Agent Mobius, who is played by Owen Wilson, pop up in France, uh, looking at the remnants of a mysterious person who has been timeline jumping and killing TVA agents. And so him and a couple people are investigating the situation there. So as Loki's facing Judge Renslayer, he blames the entire situation on the Avengers uh, who traveled back in time in the first place. So he's like, why isn't this their fault? And she informs him that their actions have always been meant to happen, that that was always a part of the plan, unlike his escape, which is what created the branch timeline. So before his sentencing, Mobius comes there to vouch on his behalf and takes him away and kind of talks with the judge and is like, hey, I think I can get some stuff out of this guy, blah, blah, blah. So uh, Mobius takes Loki to this room to kind of like review his life. I guess they can just, they're the TVA, so they have access to everything. So uh, real quick, Mobius uh, gets real with Loki about his past. Um, He sees like what's happened uh, and Mobius is continually pelting with him, asking why he keeps hurting people, like why do you keep doing this? Uh, And through that, Loki actually learns that he inadvertently causes the death of his mother, Frigga. Which, obviously, this Loki doesn't know yet because this is still 2012 Avengers Loki. 
So um, after that, Loki um, obviously is probably hurt and confused and just still angry, and he attempts to escape. But he gives up when he meets a TVA uh, agent working at his little cubicle that opens a drawer, and we see that the drawer is full of Infinity Stones. And that's the moment that it clicked for Loki. He's just kind of like, what power (laughs) could exceed Infinity Stones? Like, what power could be behind this thing if they're using Infinity Stones as paperweights? Uh, He then returns to the time theater and watches everything that will happen. Everything that we know, obviously, from watching Marvel. But Loki, this Loki, obviously hasn't lived yet. uh, Including his death by Thanos. Rip, Loki. After this, he agrees to help Moeus hunt another, the other Loki variant, who is this mysterious person kind of at the beginning of the episode, uh, who is going around killing TVA agents and stealing their timeline, resetting charges. At this point... We don't really know what Loki's motives are. Obviously, he wants to get the heck out of there. So, you know, obviously his decisions are kind of going to be going towards that. So the episode does end with this variant Loki in Salina, Oklahoma. Y'all, let's go. 1858. Oklahoma wasn't a state, but that's not important. Oklahoma was (laughs) mentioned in the Marvel Universe. And I think that's honestly the best way to end the first episode of Loki. And it was Salina. Which is pretty cool. I used to do some clinics down there, BT Dubs. I was waiting for how you were going to make that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did he make it cool? Yeah, dude. Yeah, they have a roll. Eisen Salina. They have a they have a rural eye clinic there, guys. Pretty cool. That's all that matters. Okay, so fun thing about this episode: the episode ends, and I'm like, Ryan. Doesn't Agent Mobius sound just like Owen Wilson? <laughs> no, like those didn't give it away, Hannah. No, like guys, guy. we have been talk talking about this since they announced the show, and we saw that that Owen Wilson was going to be in this. No, yes, I had no clue Owen Wilson Hannah, was going to be. Guys, I'm telling you, guys, I'm telling you, guys, I'm telling you, we've talked like about it multiple movie. times, and she just straight up says. <laughs> He sounds just like Owen Wilson. And I'm like, are, are you kidding right now? Like, I can't tell if you're joking or not. And she's like, no, I'm serious. I'm like, oh my goodness. It was outstanding. Wow. <laughs> Which we never got from I'm, Owen I'm Wilson. I'm very sad we didn't get a wow from him in this. Or a ka-chow. We'll talk oh my about gosh, later. a ka-chow. That would have been uh... epic. Ryan, why don't you give us a recap of episode two? Okay, so episode two is titled The Variant. Loki, after agreeing to track down and capture this other Loki variant, is seen going through the nightmare of corporate onboarding and orientation videos. After trying again to scheme his way to the top, Loki decides to actually go along and see what opportunities come up. While digging through the files on his own timeline, he discovers the variant is exploiting the fact that sudden apocalypses hide timeline variations. We get a hilarious scene in Pompeii just before Mount Vesuvius's historical eruption where he outs him and Mobius as time travelers and proves his theory. The climax of this episode takes place in a future Alabama Costco-esque supercenter about to be destroyed by a giant hurricane. The variant, Sylvie, shows herself and her ability to enchant others and force them to do and say as she wishes. They clash for a few minutes with Loki getting locked around before Sylvie enacts her final plan of sending the stolen reset charges to random points in time, causing a huge amount of variations, overwhelming the TVA and allowing her to gain access to the elevator to the timekeepers. Okay, Katie, why don't you go ahead and recap episode three? All right, episode three is titled Lamentous. Uh, So this episode opens with Sylvie and the captured TVA agent uh, on a beach somewhere. Well, like kind of like in like a hut on the beach somewhere. They're clearly at like a tropical resort of, of some kind. I feel like they're at Margaritaville. Yes. Yeah. A Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville. Thank you. That's exactly where they're at. So 
Sylvie and this girl are just having a little chat. You know, Sylvie, it's making it casual, but then like asking some like intense questions where you're like, oh, that was like change pace. So we learn after when it flashbacks to real time or I guess reality that Sylvie has is enchanting her um, to learn the location of the timekeepers. And so once she has that information, she goes back to the TVA to find said timekeepers because she's going to kill them. And uh, but she isn't she's confronted kind of right before she walks up to the elevators by I'll say it the real Loki. A little hand-to-hand combat ensues, you know, a good fight scene. And then Renslayer decides to join in to attack both of them, honestly. So right before anybody gets pruned, Loki, the real Loki, uses the Tempad to teleport them both away. And they get dumped on uh, this planet called Lamentis, uh, 2077, a moon that is actually on a hot course to be absolutely annihilated here shortly. And you can see that by like meteors falling and parts of this other planet or moon that's crashing into it. This seems quite unfortunate considering the Tempad is out of power. So Loki, being the god of mischief that he is, hides it, and after much bickering and fighting, Sylvia agrees to go with him to find a way to charge it. So off they go across this purple planet that looks a little too much like Vormir, if you're asking me. So honestly, at this point, nobody knows the motives here. What's Sylvia going to do? What's Loki going to do? Like, nobody knows. So uh, as they're going towards just trying to find answers, they here they encounter um, a widow living out in the middle of nowhere. And after Loki plays this trick where he, you know, disguises himself as uh, the widow's uh, dead husband, he gets yeeted across the way because clearly she's not falling for it. But they end up do getting answers out of her and they find out that the only way to the place that they want and need to go is to board a train and head to this spaceship that is getting off the planet called the Ark. Uh, and there they think they like that will have enough energy to charge the Tempad. But however, once the tra- once on the train, uh, after some conversation where Sylvie seems to kind of be trusting Loki, like kind of letting down her guard a little bit, uh, Loki gets absolutely hammered um, and starts singing songs in Asgardian, which everybody's here for. So Loki then starts a ruckus, which is. You know, clearly a crazy idea for Loki. Um, And that leads to fighting, more fighting, and Loki getting thrown off the train. And since Loki is hiding the Tempad, Sylvie is obviously, like, gonna go after him, jumps off after him. But uh, much to her dismay, the Tempad gets broken. So their only option now is to go ahead and try to board the Ark to get off of the planet. And uh, on the journey, on foot towards the Ark, uh, Sylvie tells Loki the real truth um, that all the TVA agents uh, are variants. And Loki quickly realizes that all of the workers, including Mobius, are unaware of this uh, since he was told that they were created by the timekeepers. Uh, So at this point, us as the viewers are like, what's... We don't even know what's going on. Like, this is not even true. Who are the timekeepers? So uh, we then see Loki and Sylvie battle their way through the town square, you know, fighting people, rushing through the crowd. Everybody's, you know, either hammered or they're trying to get to the Ark to get off. And then they kind of just get stopped in their tracks because the Ark literally gets blown to smithereens right in front of them. So uh, Ark goes kaboom, in scene, in scene, in episode. I, I want the Asgardian song on Spotify. It's already yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, shut up. I'm just kidding. Oh. Is that is that disappointing that it's not on there? <laughs> yes. Now. Yes. We have all it, uh, yeah. of Long Division. I don't know. Agatha all along or the Asgardian. Is that on Spotify? It is absolutely on Spotify. Yes. What? I actually did not know that. <laughs> it's probably okay. going to be in my top 10 songs. Yeah. Agatha. Uh, all along here we are tight okay i saved it of course it's on i told you tom hiddleston tom hiddleston singing at in asgardian is on spotify what's the title very full how did you find it i just typed in loki on spotify and it like you know someone's viola shout out to viola has created a um playlist so y'all go at it that's all. It's on there. Okay. 
Anything else from this episode that struck you guys as being interesting? I thought it was crazy that it just ended with them like stuck. Like I was not expecting that they were just going to be stuck there. So during this episode, I think is whenever Loki is like about to have the tower fall on him and he just like, like repulses it back. Yeah. That was pretty, yeah. that was pretty uh, powerful of him. Right. Just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. That's pretty agreed. Yeah, that's pretty tight. Okay, Kevin, why don't you go ahead and give us a recap of episode four? All right, so we open with a flashback of Sylvie being kidnapped after her Nexus event by the director of the TVA, Ravona, and then escaping after stealing her uh, temp pad and going through the portal that she creates. We then cut back to the present to see the director entering the sanctum of the timekeepers, and then it cuts to the uh, title screen. After that, we see Mobius trying to convince Ravona to let him interview C20. Ravonna lies and says that C20 is dead because her mind got so scrambled after Sylvie did mind control on her that she then descended into madness, which we kind of know is not true. Loki and Sylvie are still on the Doob planet of Lamentis. Something happens that creates a nexus event right before Loki and Sylvie are about to get killed by the uh, apocalypse on Lamentis. They are looking at each other all lovingly and then portals open after they step through, Loki and Sylvia are immediately arrested by the TVA. Loki reveals to Mobius that the TVA are lying to him and that they're actually all variants, which is something we discovered a, an episode ago. Loki then puts him into a loop with Sif, hitting him and racking him over and over again. Actually, no, he doesn't reveal to him that they're all variants. He just says that they're lying to them. And then he sticks him in the time loop with Sif hitting him and racking him over and over again. While Loki's stuck in that time loop, Mobius wants to interview Sylvie and tries to convince Ravonna to let him, but she won't let him. He reveals to B-15 that Loki said the TVA was lying to them, and B-15 gets all curious and you can tell she's going to go start investigating. Loki gets pulled out of the loop, tries to convince Mobius that he was manipulating Sylvie to actually take down the TVA. Mobius lies and, Sylvie was and says that Sylvie was actually pruned already. Mobius realizes, based on Loki's uh, kind of reaction to that news, that he's fallen in love with Sylvie, and therefore fallen in love with himself, gives him all kinds of crap of being so narcissistic, he literally fell in love with himself. Loki kind of snaps and reveals that the TVA workers are all variants to Mobius at this point, and that all the variants were kidnapped by the TVA and had their memories wiped, and now that they're workers, now that they have their memories wiped, they are workers for the TVA. B-15 goes in to talk to Sylvie, and Sylvie kind of explains to her that she doesn't create memories, she just reveals what's already there. B-15, having had her memories revealed to her earlier by Sylvie, basically is completely convinced and is totally on board to take down the TVA because she realizes that she's being lied to. Mobius, after his conversation with Loki, being suspicious, goes to Ravona's office and switches tempads with her while pretending to celebrate the fact that they've conquered the Loki case. On the tempad afterward, Mobius watches the interrogation of C20 and sees that she wasn't losing her mind, that she was speaking clearly, and that she had just found out through enchantment that they were all at variance and had revealed that she knew to the director. Mobius is now back on Team Loki. Mobius and Loki go through the time door after Mobius goes and gets Loki out of the his prison cell, basically. And as soon as they walk out of the time door, they find Ravona waiting on them. As soon as Moby, as soon as Ravona figures out that Mobius knows the truth and he says, you know where I want to go, where I'm from, and ride a jet ski, she tells one of her guards, prune him, and just immediately without hesitation. There's like literally like, it's like he says that he figured it out and it's within 10 seconds he gets pruned. Loki and Sylvie are then forced into the timekeeper's sanctum through an elevator they are about to be executed, but B-15 comes in and disables their loop collars and tosses a sword to Sylvie. They have a fight. Sylvie and Loki win, and Sylvie throws her sword at the timekeepers, kind of as a last-ditch, not last-ditch, but uh, a sign of rebellion against them, I guess. And then it decapitates one of the timekeepers, revealing it to be a robotic head. Loki starts to try and comfort Sylvie whenever she realizes, oh my god, the timekeepers aren't even real. Um, he's starting to comfort her, and you can tell he's about to like confess his love. But 
he gets pruned by Ravona from behind, who was actually only knocked down in the fight, didn't get killed. Sylvie then immediately pins her to the ground and says that she won't. She demands that she tell her the truth. In a post credit scene, Loki wakes up, so you're like, yes, Loki not dead. And he's in a desolate world and is greeted by what appears to be a child Loki, a big hammer-wielding Loki, an old classic Loki, and an alligator Loki. And it's so awesome. And that's where the episode actually ends after that end credit scene with alligator Loki. And correct me if I'm wrong, this is our first post-credit scene in Loki, correct? Uh, I think so. so. Alligator Loki forever. Forever. Uh, Who who else thought when, at the very beginning when Renslayer went in and we kind of saw the the look of the Timekeeper's Chamber, that who else thought it was very like Oz-esque mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, kind of, I, absolutely. I, kind of, I don't know if I said it out loud, but I, I want to say I called like it's going to be like a fake timekeeper situation. Mm. Someone's pulling the strings yeah. behind the curtain, but I thought it was really cool. So Ryan, why don't you go ahead and lead us in with a recap of episode five. Episode five opens with right where the post credit scene left us. We learned that these three, four people beings are actually Loki variants. We learned that the TVA doesn't destroy the matter they reset as it would defy the rule of physics, but actually they send it to a void just after the end of time. This void is guarded by a giant cloud monster who they call Eliath. Back in the TVA, Sylvie and Renslayer strike up a truce to investigate why the tr- the timekeepers were just fake robots and how to get back to- with Loki. While discussing this, Renslayer and Miss Minutes begin to stall for time as they had called for backup. Sylvie, catching on, steals a tempad and prunes herself to get sent to the void. In the variant Loki's hideout, we learn that all about their Nexus events and their time spent in the void. Loki, hearing all this, internally reflects and then decides to stop hiding and go take on Eliath to get to attempt to get to the people in charge on the other side. The others just laugh. And as he is climbing the ladder to exit, President Loki and other Loki variants arrive to take over the group's hideout. Sylvia awakens in the void to Eliath closing in to destroy her. She flees and in the process finds that she can enchant the being, but only briefly. We hear and see a car in the distance closing in. And as she enters the vehicle, we see that it's Mobius. The Lokis are all fighting and for the crown and throne, which gives Loki, classic Loki, young Loki, and my favorite, Kroki, an opportunity to flee and set off and take on Eliath. Sylvie convinces Mobius to turn back and go take on Eliath. They end up meeting up with the Lokis just after seeing Eliath consume a World War II battleship in their very quick fashion. Sylvie convinces Loki that she can enchant Eliath. Renslayer goes to speak with Hunter B-15, where she finds that Sylvie will always have the upper hand as Sylvie needs revenge versus Renslayer's want for answers. Back in the void, Mobius and the other Lokis discuss their plans for moving forward. Loki and Sylvie begin to acknowledge their possible feelings for each other. The group discuss the final plan. Loki and Sylvie move in to enchant Eliath. Mobius heads back to the TVA to attempt to reveal the truth to the other members slash variants. And the other Lokis decide to stay and continue to survive in the the void. Loki and Mobius share a moment of friendship and then heads off into the time portal. Sylvie and Loki head off to begin their assault and realize they're going to need a distraction. Loki attempts to do this, but cannot keep Elias' attention long, and he begins to move back to, to attack Sylvie. When Elias suddenly turns to attack something behind it, we see that classic Loki casting an illusion of all of Asgard. Elias attempts multiple times to consume this illusion and is distracted. Eventually, classic Loki sacrifices himself and, and is consumed. Sylvie, with the help of Loki, is successful at enchanting Eliath and are able to move past it to a castle-like structure. Also known as Hogwarts. Any thoughts on this episode? I mean, I, I had a, a Cars 2 flashback during it because Mobius was was speed for a little Yeah, bit. I can see <laughs> that. I, I am speed. <laughs> I am speed. I wish they had dropped like a Cars reference in that yeah. moment. That would have been so... Awesome. They're saving it for season two. They're going to have him on a jet ski, too. They have to. I also loved, I loved the way this episode ended. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like everything had to, like, 
accumulated to like that moment and you were like, I don't know. Like, I guess every episode you could say, you know, like kind of like leaves you hanging. But like this episode, the way it ended, you were like, oh, we know, like, you let's like, go. Episode yeah. six. And honestly, this episode could have left off and been the end of season one. Yeah. And would have been a perfect yeah, like cliffhanger true. situation. Like, the, I would have been stories less confused. are wrapped up, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> if it ended here, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so i think that's it's a great so way into kevin recapping this yeah best of luck I kevin was a series series finale but is in fact season finale the recap is it's king time baby <laughs> and that's it that's the whole recap oh, wow, okay um so the episode opens with uh, it's doing the Marvel logo, and there's various sounds from movies playing during the intro. We also hear various historical figures while seeing imagery of the universe. We pull out to reveal that we're traveling through the sacred timeline, and it's wrapping around the structure that was revealed at the end of the last episode. Uh, Sylvia and Loki are standing at the entrance of the structure, and after a brief pep talk, enter the structure. They are greeted by a jump scare with Miss Minutes that didn't really like it didn't scare me but it was still like whoa what the heck ha just happened there she gives them an offer from he who remains to put them back in their respective places in their timeline but adjust things to where they are part of the sacred timeline and they can just have good lives and basically have everything they want um and it, they're going to adjust it to where they don't disrupt things and they can just be like kings in their own timeline basically but they say, nah, fam, and Miss Minutes says, good luck with that, and pieces out. So she disapparates. I like using that word because that's what it reminds me of, is like the Harry Potter disapparation thing. Anyway, we cut back to the TVA. Ravona is getting files from, requested files from Miss Minutes, and Miss Minutes gives her different files than what she said. She says, hey, these aren't the files I requested, and Miss Minutes goes, he thinks these would be more useful. And then she leaves again and you're just like miss minutes why are you so mysterious this episode so loki and sylvie progress through the structure and are met by an excited looking man after some doors open the man leads them to his office and they are like just like ready to fight him the entire time like they have their swords out ready to go uh loki and sylvie try to attack him but he easily just kind of anticipates what they're doing and uses a kind of like a tempad to just teleport away from where they are. He repeatedly calls them both Loki throughout all the interactions from now on, by the way, which is a little disrespectful because Sylvie specifically does not want to be called Loki. That is her dead name. But um, Mobius returns to Ravona and... Uh, sorry, we cut back to the TVA. Mobius returns to Ravona and he says that and he and B-15 basically are, like, setting it up to try and reveal the truth to all the TVA members and basically take down the TVA from the inside. It is revealed when B-15 teleports to a part of the timeline that Ravona used to be a principal of a school, which totally is in character for her because she's, like, acts like a principal all the time anyway. Um, we cut back to Loki and Sylvie talking to He Who Remains, which is kind of what he's been called at this point. He explains to them that they can't kill him because he already knows everything that has happened or will happen, which is why he just has everything preloaded into his tempad and can kind of avoid everything they're doing. He essentially states that he has laid everything out in time because he knows everything and has made sure that the TVA has kept the timeline pure and that nothing, no kind of variance from the timeline happens, and that the timeline is kept free of branches. He explains further that all the things along this journey have to have happened to lead to the point that they're going to lead to. He's like, you know, the whole point about the journey, blah, blah, blah. We go back to the TVA. Mobius is arguing with Vona, with Ravona, about free will versus destiny. Ravona bests Mobius in like a little altercation, opens up a portal and takes a bag, says, I'm going to go find free will and goes through the portal. So you don't know what the heck she's doing. She says she's off in search of free will. We go back and he who remains explains to Loki and Sylvie that the reason his, 
his methods and the TVA methods are so brutal is because they're necessary to prevent an all-out war between universes. He tells them that he has many names, including AKA Conqueror and He Who Remains and Jerk. Um, side note, Conqueror, King the Conqueror. It's King Time, baby. He explains that variants of himself discovered the multiverse and started making contact amongst themselves. They shared tech information there was an awesome, peaceful outcome for a while. Eventually, bad versions of uh, this variant discovered the interactions of the multiverses, started an all-out war amongst the universes because they were conquerors, and each variant eventually had to start trying to protect their multiverse or their universe by destroying the other and exterminating the other universes. This almost led to an extinction of all the universe and all of all the universes, but one variant, the one that you're talking to, discovered Eliath and weaponized it. Uh, that ended the multiverse war, and that thing just basically eats space and time. So the way he did it was just by destroying the other universes. It wasn't like, oh yeah, it's over. No, he killed all the other universes. He's a freaking maniac. Um, he manages this timeline now to prevent other multiverses from forming and more multiversal wars by creating the sacred timeline and not allowing branches of that sacred timeline to exist. He then offers to give control of the TVA and the sacred timeline to Loki and Sylvie because he's, his reasoning is that he's tired and he's lived millions of lifetimes and he's, he says, I'm a lot older than I look. I've, lived way too long and i'm basically i'm trying to hang it up he then tells them it's their choice but if they kill him they're not just going to have to deal with one devil but an infinite amount of devils aka a multiversal war with multiple kings and uh king the conquerors invading we then reach a point where um he who remains doesn't know what's going to happen anymore he just says we've reached a point seven seconds ago and i don't know what happens after this and he says now it's up to you you get to decide what happened uh sylvie and loki start to like kind of quabble over it and they just start out all out fighting because loki kind of believes what he's saying and sylvie thinks he's lying sylvie eventually gets the upper hand after kissing loki which is some weird stuff it's like he's making out with herself and she opens a portal and pushes Loki through it and then stabs he who remains through the chest. As he's dying, he looks straight at Sylvie and says, see you soon. And then the timeline, you kind of go out from the structure and you see the timeline just continues to branch and branch and then you hear cracking and eventually the it kind of shatters. Um, Sylvie is sitting there and realizes she done goofed up we cut to the TVA where Loki comes to and he starts running around and he finds Mobius in B-15. He starts trying to explain what happens and Mobius kind of stops him and he goes, uh, you're a, you're an analyst, right? What's going on? And you can tell at that point that Mobius does not recognize him. And then we see Loki look and we see what Loki's looking at. And it is a large, statue of a variant of he who remains and it's freaking king baby and then we get an end credit scene again but the end credit scene is literally just like a stamp that says loki will return for season two and that's it yeah and it's over Blah. yeah so all the theories about it being kang were actually kind of right which is kind of weird because usually people's theories are completely wrong about <laughs> this but i mean it, it all kinds of adds up like it would be weird but marvel does that kind of stuff all the time like they leave little they leave little breadcrumbs bread of things that just like aren't like with the mephisto thing where you had no i everyone thought it was mephisto and it wasn't definitely wasn't. wait what happened with M mephisto i didn't hear about that shut up <laughs> so let's talk about characters this series had a like broad range of characters most of whom were loki but still, there were. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, Hannah. No, that is a very funny observation. So, Katie, why don't you tell us who your favorite character is and why? 
I don't know. I, I guess probably Loki. I don't know. I just feel like six episodes was not like a lot to fall, like to really go hardcore for any new character. I did like Mobius, but I don't know. I guess I just wish I would have had more episodes. Kevin? My favorite characters in this mo- in this show are Alligator Loki because he's the goat. <laughs> no, he's an alligator. <laughs> no, he's an alligator. He's not a goat. Oh! <laughs> Dang! She got me with that elementary school counter. Ooh. He's actually not an alligator or a goat. <laughs> Is he a crocodile or an alligator? He's an alligator. Just keep going. You're doing great. It depends. Does he? Uh, he he's smile? he's introduced as an alligator. How? Oh, okay. they say he's an alligator. Who says an alligator? I don't remember one of the Lokis. No, they don't say he's an alligator. Yes, they do. No, no. Loki says, we "Why is go, there an alligator?" We will go watch just, this episode right now. They said, "No, he's a Loki." Well, you can tell if you're if no one smiles at him, he's a crocodile, and if he sees you later, he's an alligator. Right. <laughs> so I loved Alligator Loki and He Who Remains, which is a new character. That's a new character. And that actor is freaking phenomenal in his role. Like he was great. It was. I thought it was gonna be. I don't know. It, it, I think he played it perfectly because you're like, oh, this guy's like playful, but you realize it's a freaking homicidal maniac. Like he's killed entire universes of like multiple infinite universes by using his little pet. And Thanos wishes he could. Yeah, Thanos ain't got nothing on this guy. He killed half of one universe. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, your infinity stones. I freaking paperweights like, for this guy. We're like infinity, <laughs> leave me alone. Anyway, so he who reigns is probably my favorite actual actual favorite character, uh, other than Alligator Loki, of course. My favorites are Sylvie and Mobius. I just feel like they complement Loki so well throughout the entire series with what they bring to the show. Ryan? Uh, mine is Eliath. I just feel like he was a great <laughs> giant cloud. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, no, keep going. This is good. <laughs> um, no, my favorite for real was Mobius. He just brought a great level to this character, and he was a great foil to, to Loki, and he really accelerated, you know, because Loki, we, where we got him in this show, he started off in 2012 Loki. He didn't know what had happened. And it was a great way to like really force this character arc, this growth on, on the early Loki that we, we would get throughout the MCU, but we had to get in like five minutes in this show. So let's talk quotes from the show. There are a lot of one liners and it's full of fantastic stuff. So my favorite is when Loki is, you know, first at the TVA, and so he doesn't really know how things are, like, going. And he, at some point, has lost the Tesseract, and, because uh, he had to turn it in or whatever, he turned, they turned it into Casey. And at one point, he says to Casey, he goes, give me the Tesseract, or I'll get you like a fish, Casey. And Casey responds with, What's a fish? <laughs> Casey was so like uh, important that first episode, and then like not. And then we never see. He's him not again. important at all. And also, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You'd think that if you were observing on like the timeline to make sure there are no variants or variations, you would know what a fish was. You would, think. but he's just like, "What's a fish?" <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure there are fish variants. Ooh. Yeah, that's deep. <laughs> Get wow. it, ocean? Yeah, because what if the fish goes like that way versus? Yeah. Yes, Katie, we got that. We 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 got it. Um, and then my other favorite quote is when Loki is talking to the other Lokis, and he's like, "What's the plan?" And uh, they say like, "Don't die," and he says, "Don't die isn't a plan; it's a general demand of living." <laughs> Ryan. Um, mine is that actually in the first episode when they're processing Loki and he's got to go through this like temporal aura detector. And one of the requirements is that you're not a robot. And, and Loki has this existential crisis. Like, 
what if I'm a robot and I don't know it? Yeah. And, and the guy's like, you'll like, it'll melt your face off. Yeah, you'll, you'll be disintegrated. And he's just like, he's like very hesitant to go through it. Now step to the time. Now step to the detector, please. I like whenever we are at the very end and Ken gets stabbed and he says, see you soon. Cause it's just so like, Oh my, like he is so, his dying words are just like, yeah, you done goofed. You done goofed. (laughs) If your dying words are like, bro, you goofed. Like, you know, you goofed. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine killing someone and they're like, dude, messed up. Bad idea. (laughs) Goofed. No, I don't imagine killing someone, Kevin. So anyways, uh, my favorite quote is, uh, I was just scrolling through, but I did like when Mobius said this in episode five. He said, when you think the ends justify the means, there's not much you won't do. Which was true for what's happening in Loki. But also, you know, that's some real life application for people out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. Isn't that how like dictatorships work? Right? Exactly. (laughs) Yep. You know, it it, it do be like that. Let's talk about what this series means for the MCU. Obviously, this is a canon series. And so what do you guys think? Well, Kang is, well, the character who plays Kang, whatever, is in um, Ant-Man. So that's interesting. And I, yeah, Ant-Man and Kang go a long ways back. Yeah. Yeah. This is where the point where in my life where I'm like, I don't know anything about the comics. And I feel like now I may be sure. This is this is why I like read like freaking Reddit threads about it because like <laughs> these dudes are like freaking detectives and they like tell you everything that could happen. You're like, okay, Man. it's not like really spoilers because you don't know if things are gonna follow the same timeline as different comics and Marvel always puts a role there. And, and Marvel will combine yeah. two different stories and they'll like too. put a little random thing. You never know what's gonna go on, but it's cool to like get background info. Because like, and it's my understanding that like Kang is a combination of two characters no. from what I've seen. Yes, well, like the Kang... name of Kang is like a character, but they've added in stuff from another character oh. to make this character kind of like how Sylvie was that way. Yeah, um, she was an embodiment of a couple characters, and I mean, we saw this also in WandaVision. Like Agatha Harkness was not what she was in the show; like the character existed in the comics but she was more of a mentor in the comics versus you know an adversary yeah and you know they can explain all of these things by just saying hey it's a variant and it's all fine <laughs> literally at this point yeah. everything could be a variant all the inconsistencies yeah, yeah that's crazy different timeline man well, and it's like, what do you, how are, like, are all the movies going to, like, similarly to how they were all leading up to Thanos? Like, are, is there going to have to be some multidimensional war again? Or, you know what I mean? Like, God, how do you even, res- how do you fix this problem? Um, <laughs> like, literally. So, mm, I don't know. Kang, how many Kang. movies is it going to take to well, fix so this have, problem, Kevin Feige? They specifically, they've specifically said that from now on, it's not going to be like the uh, Infinity Saga, where it's literally like a decade to resolve the arc. It's going to be shorter than that. So it's going to be like, I don't know, like few. But it's like, will there ever like, will we have Avenger type movies again? You know what well, I mean? Like, or is it just going to be like other superheroes being featured in others? And then, and then if there's no like Avenger movie, like do, does Kang just get defeated in like Doctor Strange four? You know what I mean? I doubt like, that. <laughs> um, so well, one of the things is a variant of Kang is uh, the person who becomes the new Iron Man. It's called his name is Iron Lad, and he forms the new Avengers. Actually, I so, want him to die already. Well. I thought the new Avengers was Sword. Is that not? Sword is like the new shield. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like... Any other thoughts? I'm... uh... Oh, wait. This means we're actually going to get a Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire in it, guys. It's freaking happening. Like, it wasn't a meme. It's Tobey Maguire is going to be Spider-Man again. He's actually going to be in the movie. We're pretty sure... 
Anything can happen. How mad would you guys be if they don't ever show up in that movie? You know what? I'm gonna. I, I'm. I would not put it past Marvel to just like, kind of like something happens and you see the multiverses and you see them and they're but they're not actually in the main story. Oh it's yeah, like, like you could like just you like look like a, to the side and you yeah, see them or something. Yeah, like uh, like freaking uh, Tom Holland Spider Man like has like a like whenever the multiverse thing, his spider her spider senses flare and he sees the different variations of them, but they don't actually come to the universe. I could totally see that happening. Freaking Marvel, man. I could see Marvel like having Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield on the set just so that there's pictures of them on the set. And then like, we don't ever get any scene of like other Spider-Man. Yeah. Or they're just like, I could totally see that. Or happening. they're just like, uh, he's watching honored guests. What if he's literally watching like a, the like tv show about spider-man because spider-man in like the marvel world is a superhero and there's like action figures of spider-man in spider-man which is weird like people are actually like Mm. worshiping not worshiping but you know idolizing the actual character and they're acting like he's a superhero because he is but anyway so what if they're just playing spider-man in a tv show in the spider-man (laughs) <laughs> like what if that's the well but you also have the like imdb which most of the time imdb is not wrong but like they have um like doc ock and electro on there uh yeah they're gonna be in there man so I'm telling you, it's gonna if spider-man this has implications for spider-man i don't care about the rest of the mcu anymore spider-man <laughs> Oh my god! I really just watch all of the Marvel. One, the one piece of the MCU that is the most unreliable because it's connected to Sony. Yep. Facts, my dude. Big facts. Big facts. So I think we can jump right into favorite moments. My favorite moment is when Sylvie like kind of reveals, well, not kind of, when Sylvie reveals that like all the people at the TVA, like they're variants and realizing Loki realizes like he has to let them know like it's not that they were created to serve the timekeepers they're actually variants and so you know i feel like part of that is how much he like loves mobius and wants to like make sure that his friend is like taken care of and whatnot ryan favorite moment my favorite moment kind of ended phase four or put it in its place i guess you could say is when Mo- Loki realizes that the Infinity Stones are just nothing in this universe. Like, going forward, they're nothing. They're paperweights, Literally as nothing. said earlier. It's just insane. And they just open the drawer full of Infinity Stones. He's like, yeah, we got tons of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty Katie. good moment. I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I, the moment that I think of first is just, I think, when Loki is having this realization, like, in the first episode... Like when he's seen everything that happens and when he goes into the room alone and like looks at his whole life because that like that's one of the things like when mm-hmm. this started, we were like, okay, like we have to remember this is 2012 Loki. This is not Loki who has experienced, you know, all of this character development, you know, and like sac- pretty much like sacrificed himself in Endgame. And so like in that moment, I think just like to watch him, I don't know, like not like mature, but just like for him to see all of that at once. I don't know. I just thought it was a cool moment. Kevin? I like the Kang statue reveal because you're like, oh, it's real. It's happening. <laughs> ah. So that was a pretty was a pretty big moment. And it makes sense because that's literally the moment that they stopped the series and like that's the big cliffhanger moment. So, But it was like... So we're on final thoughts. Is there anything that you guys want to talk about that we haven't had a chance to cover? Can we talk about how weird it is that, like, Loki is romantically interested in himself? Like, not even, like, not even, like... Didn't you already address that, though? No, I think we need to address it more. Like, it's weird, <laughs> right? It's like, very weird. It's not even like, yeah, this person's awesome. He's like, no, I I am, like, I got the hots for this chick. She is mm, perfect. And you're like, Dude. And then they make out. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> Katie. I literally, as episode six ended, and I was like, I have no flipping idea what's about to happen in any of these movies. None. Zero. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm just along for the ride, my dudes, you know? And, and, and now I'm like in the Eternals trailer when they're like, 
oh, we haven't needed to step in until now. It's like, oh, now that Kang is everywhere, now you're stepping in. So, I don't don't actually know. Are are the Eternals outside of the multiverse? I I don't even, time, what do you, I can't, nope. Just, I don't know. I literally do not know. So. We just broke Katie, guys. I, yeah. Nine broke. Low key broken. Broken. Broker. Ryan? There's just so much. I was excited for the show. It was very, very well done. I'm just ready for more. And season two needs to come out next week. I agree. Can we get uh, Disney? I know we. I know Disney listens to this. Can you guys pump out that next season already? You know they filmed it already. So, okay, that's actually something I wanted to talk about. Tom Hiddleston talked about how on his 40th birthday, he was filming as Loki. Like, he was Loki on his birthday. And at that point in time, they had already wrapped the Loki series for season one. I think it's in February. Man, trust me, I've me. I've seen lots of stuff on this. It's a fact. He's got me. So the question excited. is, is he in Doctor Strange, which I think had also wrapped by that point, but I'm not sure, or were they recording season two? I have questions. I don't know. Both. Yeah, it could be part of a movie. It could be anything. And one of the things we talked about already was like the music in this. Even though it wasn't like in your face like WandaVision was as far as like having a theme song for every episode, there were different songs that were really fun. And then the Marvel intro, like Kevin talked about, varies throughout the series. Like there was one episode where instead of having the Marvel music, there was a song, it's called Demons. So I just thought the various like Marvel intros were really interesting throughout the series. And then the last thing that I want to talk about, which we've talked about on our Disney Plus episodes, but I want to address it here, is how throughout the series, as we got different Loki variants, we got different Loki meet and greets at Avengers Campus at Disney's California Adventure. So. I would love to go there and see a giant king statue. Do they have a lot of crocodiles walking around? Well, okay, so that's one of the fun things about Loki is there's a President Loki that's meeting right now and people keep asking him like how's your hand and he responds and he's like why do people keep asking me that i will tell you that speaking of like the intros i don't know about y'all but i was crying on the intro to episode six as soon as i heard that note i was like how dare they and i just started weeping it's fine yeah how dare you too soon (laughs) That was a good one. I wouldn't be mad if they kept that for every Marvel intro now. That would be great. Nah. That would be so nah. good. Well, but then we'd start every episode off, or every movie, or whatever they decided to throw at us, crying. Better than finishing with I think movie. you'd become a little numb to it. No. Hannah, no and Hannah it's like, wouldn't. I cry every time. I, I, she does. I cried does. at Hollywood Studios when the song came on that Peggy and Captain America dance to in Don't say that came on. That came on at Starbucks when I was there. Did you start crying? I told totally no, you. Like, the song sounds familiar. Okay. Well, thank you guys all for being on. You're welcome. Wow, thanks for inviting me. I'll, I'll do it again. Insanely long episode. I consider you all my variants. I would consider us variants of each other. What do you guys think? I'm the original. It's well, you're Loki and she's Sylvie, so you guys. Wait, know I would like that. to be alligator Loki. Dang, that was a good one. I wish I had thought of that. Frick. Kevin's the little boy. I'm kid Loki. Loki. Yeah, <laughs> sucks. <laughs> I killed Thor. I'm so glad you joined us for this week's Princess in the Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Princess in the Podcast, and on Twitter at Princess in the Pod. Visit our website, princessinthepodcast.com. I hope you live happily ever after.